the Stone Cold Paradise podcast is a series of informal conversations with the classic rock band Stone Cold Paradise and their collaborators, covering over 50 years of rock and roll. I'm actually surprised that you don't have a pet. You know, I, I feel like all of my charities are kind of my pets. Your charities are your yeah, pets? Yeah, you know, like all the gorillas are my pets, all the goldfish are my pets. So. Oh, so not the charities themselves, where you like lightly feed them once a day, pat them on the head and walk away? <laughs> no, no. I mean, every time I open a charity, I spend a lot of time with those animals, so, you know. Oh, that's wonderful. I uh, recently uh, adopted a, a pet. What's your adopt? Uh, well, uh, his name is Thomas, and he's from New Jersey. Uh, hold um, on, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're leading Wait. with that, are you? Is it a <laughs> child? Uh, he, uh... <laughs> Mate, this should be a yes and no. <laughs> that's a real right, easy no hesitation question. right there. Well, I mean, he's from New Jersey, so that's let's just start with that, and then no, let's design. start no, with. Does he have two legs? Does he have two legs? Yeah, two legs. Yep, two arms. Yep, two okay. eyes. Yep. Right. A nose. Mm-hmm. Human. Well, what you've described is not just human so far. I realize that, but so is this a human or is it not okay. a human? Yes, it's a, it's, it's a human child uh, from New Jersey. Oh, you adopted a human child? Uh, uh, yes, but I am still calling him a pet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, they're going to take him away now. <laughs> they're totally child services or whatever we have in the UK. Is do, you, do you make him sleep in a doghouse and eat out of a dog bowl? Uh no, he sleeps out of a boy house. <laughs> He's out of a boy bowl. Oh no! How old is this boy? Uh, he is. Uh, he's in almost... human years. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hold on. I got to do the math. Oh. Wait, you have to do the math to find out the human years. <laughs> yes, I did start it in dog years. So I have to go backwards again. So it, you know, he, uh, he would have been a uh, hundred and um, forty in. Um, so he's fourteen. Uh, let me let me. If think. a so, dog is seven in human years, he's that means one. They're... Right. Uh, so okay. I guess that would make him twenty. <laughs> you adopted a twenty-year-old who doesn't need to be adopted anymore. Uh, well, he's from New Jersey. I, I just want to. I just want to reiterate. Why that. does that matter? Why does that matter if he's from New Jersey? Well, they remain childlike much longer in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So you adopted a twenty-year-old man right. to hang out at your place and sleep in a doghouse outside. Hold on, hold on, hold on. not it's hang a boy out. House. Not hang out. He's a. He's a, He's, he's a, not a boy, and he's not a dog. He's a human. <laughs> But he, he, called man. A, he called it a boy house. He's a, he is he is a companion Jerseyan. Uh, Mate, are you dating someone? I am not. No, <laughs> right, I mean I, I am. But what is he paying rent? Uh, no. Okay, you let him stay at your place for free then, right? And he's twenty years old. All right. I, what I'm hearing is a mail order groom. <laughs> uh, you did people, you mail order a groom? A groom from New Jersey. You people think about nothing but sex. No. That has nothing to do with sex, mate. <laughs> right. Well, I don't understand why anyone would get married for any reason other than guaranteed sex. Um, Money. Oh, it's not guaranteed. Money, mate. Money. Okay. Taxes. But, the fun but, party you have, right? 
<laughs> yeah, the free party. Wedding, to be friends with your uh, friends. Wedding. Okay, but no, that's not that's not what's going on. All right, I, uh, let me let on? me let me be very clear. I went to New Jersey. <laughs> I found this uh, 20-year-old New Jersey boy. And I said, I spoke to um, the lady that he was living with. I was like, oh, what's his name? And she goes, oh, his name's Thomas. And I said, hey, Thomas. Hello. Hey, Thomas. And, and I, <laughs> I called him over and uh, in, injected him with, uh, with a, a small tranquilizer just to make sure that Mate, he was good for air travel. what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> Did you kidnap a child? You kidnapped a 20-year-old. A 20-year-old, rather. You can't, they're not even, they, they, they wouldn't even go in like a milk can or yeah, anything. But it, no, but you don't understand. You have to tranquilize them for air travel because they get very, very nervous on planes. What's they? What you do you just, mean they? You, that's, like, that's like trafficking. Yeah. Right. It's not good, mate. Air traffic? Wait, what do you mean? No, like human no, trafficking. Like human trafficking. I, listen, I, 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 I'm. You tranquilized the twenty-year-old. And they brought him and said that he's to sleep at a boy house. A boy house, yes, a little oh, boy hold house. Hold on a second. Wait, well, hold on a second. Now, Bonnie, what? Right here in your lap. What is this? A screenplay? What is this? Thomas, the New Jersey boy. You made this all up, didn't you? <laughs> I can't believe this, mate. I all cannot right, believe this. All right, Just all tell right. us you're writing a screenplay next time. Yes. I, I thought I'd trial run it here on the on the podcast. And, right, but, fail, but, mate. But, fail. But Roger found me out, yes. <laughs> well, you know what? Thank no, God. On. Thank God Roger saw that screenplay. Otherwise, for every episode right. here on out, we're yes. dealing with a human trafficker. Yes. Turns right. out that turns out that, that everything I said before this is not true, and I was writing it as a screenplay. Yeah, that's good to know. Right. Uh, which, who's, uh, who's supposed to play the man-child? Thomas? Yeah. Um, well, we're looking at Ian McKellen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Wonderful actor. Right? You know, and who is going to play you? Um, well, listen, this is pie-in-the-sky casting, uh, right. but the hope is Andrew Garfield. <laughs> yeah, right, Andrew Garfield. So you're going to play the younger person who adopts Ian McKellen? Yes, yes. but yes, but it's, it's going to be a Disney picture, uh, you know, because it's a heartwarming story. And so... And so no, the mate. It's heartwarming. No, no, it, but so, and they have all these, this technology which will age up Garfield and will de-age McKellen a bit. Uh, Maybe you should just bit. write it about frogs. You know, like do a right. story but make it about frogs. Yeah. What about frogs? Like Thumbelina. Let us right, let us have a second pass at it, mate. We'll we'll rewrite I, I mean, it. usually when you show someone a screenplay or talk about an idea, usually you ask for pitches on the initial concept, not uh, a complete slant pitch that goes yeah, the other no, direction. No, but- my pitch is the story remains the same, but they're frogs instead of humans. Okay, so it's an adult frog who adopts another mostly adult frog. Uh, it just doesn't have the same weight. Try and, too yeah, far. it doesn't sound like a trafficking story. <laughs> it's not trafficking. I, just, I, I think like, it is, mate. Just changing it from humans to frogs. They can still have Jersey uh, accents, mate. I'm telling right, you. think about it. You could call it Ribbit Me By Your Name, right? I'm lost in the golden state On my way to Georgia But I took the wrong interstate I'm spending Easter in Modesto 
All right, Frosties, welcome back. We have a very special surprise for you today, um, something we're very excited about. So Maggie Donato, who's been our animal wrangler on all of our major tours, is here today, and she's going to uh, she's brought some animals with her, I believe, as well. Um, so we'll have a few animals in Lovely. the studio, right. which is going to be absolutely fantastic. It's a bit of a, a Jack Hanna situation, you know, the American right. TV guest on, uh, on uh, Letterman. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Maggie, do you want to go ahead and come in here? Oh, uh, yeah. Hi. Maggie. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, Maggie DiNardo. Hello, Maggie. Maggie, short for Magatha. You can call me Nards. Um, right. <laughs> great to see you guys again. You're looking just great. Oh, it's great to see you too, right? M- Maggie, is is that a new crocodile jacket you're wearing? Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, this is a new souvenir from uh, when I went down to Australia just uh, a couple months ago, and I uh, g- brought myself back a little souvenir, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Lovely. You know, I was a bit worried. I was like, is this a threat to your animals, right? It's like, if I don't like you anymore, I'll turn you into a jacket, right? I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, no, this is full. This is from H&M. Oh, right, right. But do the animals perceive it that way? Do they see your jacket and go, oh, no? Exactly. They're uh, they're not very smart. And so uh, the foe works just as well as a threat. They will still perceive it as a sort of hostile action on my part. And then I don't have to shell out the big bucks for real alligator leather because, you know, it can get expensive. They're uh, quite hard to kill. Right. Do you think if you had your alligator jacket on and you went in the water, do you think the alligator might confuse you for another alligator like how good was the print of the jacket you know oh the print uh is is it's pretty good i'll say uh it's pretty good but uh mostly uh what would it, it would come down to is uh the theatrics um uh, because alligators are highly theatric uh, animals and uh they will respect a good performance um, so if I went in there and I just gave it my all and really, you know, put forth my best alligator effort, even the most, uh, you know, hard ass alligator would would respect that uh, and probably leave me alone. Are alligators known for being hard asses? Oh, incredibly hard asses. Yes. No, their asses are incredibly hard. <laughs> um, they actually don't have uh buttholes as it were no like sphincter muscles it's just like sort of a puncture in the muscle if you know what i mean uh, so incredibly hard sure. asses incredibly hard skin um yeah i can tell you that for a fact but, uh, meg i think alistair was asking about the demeanor in this particular case not the, that's the true I, I was but i am fascinated by various animal uh arses Oh, well, we can talk Fair about enough. that anytime. I have plenty of experience. Uh, uh, but as for their demeanor, yeah, uh, alligators are, um, they're tough but fair. Mm. Right, yeah. You know, Just like right. my dad, yeah. No one gets killed by an alligator and says, not fair. Like a dad <laughs> who was raised by someone who went through the Great Depression. Uh, a boomer, you know, tough, tough, tough but fair. Tough but fair. So, Maggie, how did you actually get into the business of of animal wrangling? Do you need a degree for that sort of thing? Uh, No, you actually don't. Uh, If you want to get in the business, you just kind of show up and say, I've got some animals here, and you'd be surprised. Most people just trust you. (laughs) That's that's what we did. I believe so. Yeah. We did. We didn't know that we were even going to have animals in our performance. No, I did. (laughs) Yeah, you did. We did this because of me. I think it would be awesome if I just, like, walk out on stage and I just go, like, put my arm in the air Uh and it looks like I'm I'm doing, like, a rock star champ, but then Mm -hmm. an egg, then a hawk comes out of nowhere. Originally, though, you did 
propose it that it was an eagle and we explained to you. I watched an eagle and then I thought, no. No, we told you, we said to you, we said, hawk, it should be a hawk because your name is hawk. I completely ignored all that and I sat down and I said, no, it has to be a hawk because a hawk would land on a hawk. Yeah. And it's like an amazing thing for me to experience with the audience. And so I talked to you guys. I think I got you to believe that I, that the group needed one and we should come out on a mm-hmm. horse or something. And and Barney well, loved the idea of coming actually, out on a horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and, and, and to, to give a little background to the audience who may not be familiar with exactly how this all began. So we were doing a tour in uh, uh, Southern California uh, for uh, Eastern no, Modesto. No, it was Northern California. It well, was in Modesto. Well, it was for it was for Eastern Modesto. Okay, well, not it, Thanksgiving in <laughs> Thousand Oaks. Oh, that's right. It was. It was. You're right. It was not Thanksgiving in Thousand Oaks, which uh, was a, 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 a trash album, if I may. <laughs> um, but uh, the Modesto right. album. Kind of uh, like that one. We were. We were gonna. <laughs> Did you really? You well, like? you liked Thanksgiving and Thousand Oaks. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, you know, uh, comforting. Uh, all the ballads. Oh, thank you. I wrote that one to get back oh. at Barney. That's why he hates it and he calls it a trash Got album. That. Well, because it's mostly about doctors' families. It just doesn't make sense as an album concept. A bunch of do- so doctors can't have families. No, they can, but no one wants to listen what? to an album about it. Uh, let, let's see who saves your life when uh. I call the ambulance after poisoning well, you. Probably, <laughs> right, probably. <laughs> Probably, probably a doctor probably, or, or in this case an EMT who is actually on the ambulance hey, he's not a real doctor yet I, I, don't, I don't know well, if they're in line to become a doctor exactly they could Any, be anyway anyway so we were in Modesto we were preparing to launch the tour there and I was tasked of course with just finding someone uh, that had the animals necessary and I and I drove out of Modesto into um Maggie were you in Bakersfield at the time Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, whenever somebody says Bakersfield, I, I, I have these flashbacks. <laughs> Are you all right? I will be. You know, your, your eyes rolled into the back of your head. Right <laughs> yeah. They rolled all the way back. Yeah, right, um, yeah. it's so I can confront my trauma better, uh, you know, look straight at it. Yeah, um, I was in Bakersfield. It, yep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ma- Maggie, would you like to talk about something? Or would no, you not like listen, I, I've come such a long way in my life. I like to think of myself as a rather, you mm. know, stoic individual. But, you know, there's there's so much that some people just can handle. And uh, I like to say that Bakersfield made me who I am. So I'm, I'm thankful uh, for my time there. I just would like to not go back physically or emotionally does you do a lot of heroin up there oh my god so much heroin that yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's when we were doing easter in modesto mm-hmm. i did so much heroin in modesto right Hawk has what he calls a uh, a heroin pilgrimage mm. and yeah. it's to bakersfield every two years uh. i for the music video that i was on a cross for easter mm-hmm. in modesto and i was on so mm-hmm. much heroin right. i don't have any recollection of that scene ever taking place so i understand growing up in bakersfield must have been very difficult yeah yeah, you sort of cut your teeth on heroin. You know, that that's our gateway drug in Modesto, Bakersfield, <laughs> Fresno area. Uh, so, you know, there were some dark times, but I really credit the animals with helping me out. Uh, sort of like a reverse Noah's Ark situation and where mm. I was the one who needed to be saved from the flood. 
of heroin in my veins and uh, bloodstream. So are you Moses in this situation? Like Moses helped the animal, so in this one the animals helped you. So I think you mean Noah. Uh, no, to be fair, <laughs> Hawk grew up with an entirely different Old Rock. Testament. Mm. Well, I mean, it could be Moses, right? It well, could be like, hey, Moses, come on. We'll Hawk had on one of those uh, paint-by-numbers uh, Old Testaments. And it's, <laughs> yes, the standard yeah. paint-by-numbers Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. funny you say that because Moses was actually the name of my favorite turkey who I really credit with uh, getting me through those dark times. Was it a real turkey <laughs> or... Was it, you know, an illusion from your heroin dreams? It was a ceramic turkey. Um, it was uh, a uh, cookie right. jar uh, in the shape of a turkey. Um, uh, another reason why I really um, viscerally connect to uh, Thanksgiving in Thousand Oaks um, uh, because of uh, Moses the turkey who was a cookie pot. But you know, more than a cookie pot, more like a friend. Mm. Uh, now, Barney, to go back to your story yes. about about the meeting. When well, you met- here's what was here's what's amazing, and and it's interesting that we talk so much about uh, Noah and Moses in their various forms. Because when I arrived in Bakersfield, Maggie had a sort of, I guess you would call it an impromptu arc um, set up uh, in a, a Bakersfield pasture because of a Bakersfield, of course, is landlocked. Um, and uh, that doesn't stop me from getting my aquatic creatures. Ha <laughs> But keep going. No, no, I remember them floundering on the deck. And um, you could follow the trail of animals into uh, Maggie's property line. And uh, I saw her standing up on the boat. And, you know, I just asked the locals, where can I find animals in Bakersfield? And they're like, you want to go see Maggie? And there she was on top of this boat shouting two by two, two by two. And the, the animals would flock to her. And I was like, this is the perfect person. She is a theatrical person. She's someone that understands, uh, I mean, uh, nothing more rock and roll than standing on top of a boat shouting two by two. Uh, and right. nothing, nothing more not- rock and roll than that. Right. And so uh, and so there and that's that's essentially how we met. Yeah. And then the next day you were up in Modesto for mm-hmm. the tour mm-hmm. and, and Hawk got his hawk. Yeah, it was a magical moment for me. Yeah, I, I worked really hard with that hawk um, for those 24 hours. Um, I basically I looked him deep in his eyes and I said, brother, I have a favor to ask of you. You have to look at hawks like they're your equal. And so I asked him to do this telepathically. And um, and basically when we showed up at the show, I just I just hoped. And it really went off without a hitch. Right. I did accidentally bite Alistair. <laughs> but that was me, not right. an animal, right. thankfully. So there was an incident, but right. And then there was a whole right. thing where I thought that I had rabies and I had to go to hospital. Um, and then Hawk suggested that I go to a veterinary hospital because I was bit by an animal. Technically true. It's technically true. And Rob. I did go to the veterinary right. hospital. Roger came forth and said, it was me. I said, fine. I pranked him. Yeah, you know, my animals, they are professional and that's how I train them. So uh, if one of them bit you, they would have had a really good reason and I would have stood behind them. <laughs> but uh, it does not surprise me. The vet hospital took good care of you because they're well, good. They did take good care of me. Yeah, they more just said this is a human bite right. and you have to go to a regular hospital. Right. <laughs> Much yeah. dirtier and more dangerous, it actually turns out, too. The most dangerous animal on the planet uh, we know is uh, the, the human being. Absolutely. The most dangerous yeah, game. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I don't know what you're referring to. Would that be like hopscotch <laughs> with knives or? Well, actually, no. I believe, I believe I, that uh, it's it is a short story by. I bet Barney could probably tell me. Do you mean the original short story by Richard Connell? <laughs> There's your problem right there. I do not read. Uh, that is by choice. Um, I think if animals can't read, then why should I? But do we know that animals can't read? Oh, I know that for a fact because sometimes <laughs> I write down messages to them like "fuck you." Moses, just to see if anything happens, and and they would respond to a message like that if they could read it. Even a ceramic turkey? Uh, you know, he I have to keep the closest eye on because I never know what he what he'll do. Being a figment of my uh, heroin adult imagination. Mm. You know, I will say though, we are working on making animals be able to read. Um, my new charity. Books for bamboos mm-hmm. is uh, right, mate. You're starting with the vegetable, the uh, plants, baboons. right? Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, which is it? Is it books for for bamboo? That's the one for the actual bamboo. So plant. we have books for bamboo and books for right. baboons. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. We also believe that bamboo would it, it, it's probably very bored all day growing. So we're trying to get it to read, you know, so it has something to do. And the baboons also need. Uh, yeah, we're trying to get we're trying to get them on the 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 reading wagon. Good luck there. Baboons are notoriously uh, difficult to work with, but uh, hearts of gold. Just real sweeties once you get to know them. You did bring a bamboo when we did uh... <laughs> a bamboo. Yes, a yes. Bamboo. Oh yeah, no, Maggie brought a bamboo. I did. It's uh, usually used for uh, uh, training purposes. I use it so I can point. I use the baboon pole. Sorry, bamboo pole. <laughs> to for the baboons. For the baboons, um, I usually uh, I just point where to go. They're kind of uh, nearsighted, so they need that extra long extension of the point to understand. Kind of like a band conductor, more like that than anything else. Right, Maggie, may I see that bamboo now? Oh yeah, I keep some on me at all times. Lovely. Uh huh. Check that out. Now. Oh my, I can't believe it. this is embarrassing, right? It appears your bamboo has peed on me. My <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, um, that's just kind of something that happens. You got to get used to that when you work with animals like I do. I actually uh, preemptively pee on myself before I work with any animals just to, you know, get it out of the way. And I recommend it. So you essentially mark yourself as your own territory? Uh, That is 100% part of it, but also uh, it's a psychological, uh, for me, uh, effect of having already been pissed on. It sort of doesn't, you know, rain on my parade, uh, for lack of a better simile um, uh, or metaphor. Uh, Sorry, I told you I don't read uh, when somebody (laughs) else pisses on me. Mm. I have a question, Maggie. You know, you have so many animals, such a a glorious variety. Where do you procure them? Um, I, so I stand on top of my boat, you know, at my ranch called, uh, you know, Donardo's Gardenardo, and uh, I've got a pair of really good binoculars, and um, every once in a while a traveling zoo will come through, and uh, if I see them on the horizon, I go and I, uh, you know, gently persuade some of the animals to come with me, and usually, they, usually they're usually they all for it. So, Are you saying you go over and you free these animals out of their cages? I offer them a position uh, with my company, um, and, you know, they just right. move up for a better opportunity. That's how I see it. Right. Do you ever have, like, a monkey or someone 
ask for like a 401k or some kind of health insurance plan? Uh, no, uh, because they have no concept of money um, or investment. <laughs> um, I, I would love to. I mean, in fact, I've tried to set one up several times, uh, a 401k for my animals, but uh, they really are not interested in anything um, that we would understand as currency. Uh, they more operate under a bartering system in which mm -hmm. they trade favors, usually sexual, for food and <laughs> improvements in shelter and access uh, to uh, treats. I'm sorry, I have to. I have to follow up yes. on that, Maggie. Who are they trading sexual favors with? Oh, oh, each other. Oh, gosh, you must think oh, I'm just okay. some okay. good okay. Okay. All right, all right. Oh, Come on. Well, all right. Oh, all right. that's the funniest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> Me having sex with an animal. Now, boy, howdy, that's wild. No, we're just very good friends. We're just very good friends. <laughs> right. No, that would cloud our professional uh, relationship. Uh, uh, so, no, we do keep that strictly professional and, and friendly. Uh, never, never sexual. Uh, now, Maggie or uh, Nards, I can call you Nards. Oh, Is of course. Right? I consider you one of my very closest human friends. Excellent. <laughs> human friends. Oh, no, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so do you recall... Uh, hold on a right, second, Alistair. Right? Are, you, are, you, are you not a human? I am a Answer human. The question, mate. I am a human. All right. Nards, do you remember in Oslo when you introduced having an aquarium with whales on the stage, sort of a Cirque du Soleil, but, mm -hmm. right. but with whales. Right. How did you manage something that difficult? Well, I'll tell you, it took a lot of bulletproof glass, uh, not because I was worried about the safety of the whales, but because I was worried about the safety of the audience. Um <laughs> Uh, whales have a long memory, and they remember what Jonah did. <laughs> do whales have access to guns? Let me suffice to say, yes, they do have access <laughs> to guns. Uh, uh, and yeah, the barticism mentioned earlier, right? Exactly. They resent humans for all that we've done, and, you know, I can't blame them. But they are such majestic creatures and would look such so good as a backdrop to a rock and roll performance that I thought it would be worth the risk. Yeah, lots of bulletproof glass and uh, just a couple drops of tranquilizer in the tank. And, you know, they were having a good trip and y'all were having a great show. Really worked kind of nice mm. there. Yeah, the only downside is that it turns out Bulletproof glass isn't necessarily pressure-proof glass. <laughs> um, so when the tank ultimately cracked and opened up, oh, right. Right. I think that might have created a, well, certainly an interactive experience for well, the audience. Well, I'd say there's nothing more rock and roll than an aquarium glass breaking in the middle of a rock concert. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the whole audience is in the splash zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we lost a lot of good men that day. but um, Mainly roadies. Mainly roadies. And our guitar player. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he didn't last long, did he? That was his first and only show, right? Uh, but yes. That was his first and only show, and that was our 82nd guitar player. Yes. Right. May he yeah. rest uh, in peace. I think it's a cursed position. But possibly. It's like, uh, well, you would know, Hawk, the Harry Potter uh, position, the defense against the dark arts kind of thing. 
What, what's your question, mate? Never mind. Um, <laughs> no, what, what's your question? Yeah. A, a cursed position, you know. Right. Uh, because the, the interesting thing is the guitar player did not die from the water or even from the whales. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he uh, died by suicide, right? He uh, couldn't... Um, That's right. He yeah. couldn't live with himself. Yeah, seeing, seeing the majestic creature splayed across the stage, he just up and killed right. himself on stage. Yeah. Um, it was sad. He got confused, you know. He said, do I call this a beach well, I can't, right? It's not on the beach, but it's beached technically. So I call it a staged whale. And he just didn't understand what to call it, right? And he killed himself. Quite sad. Yeah, it was yeah. like a computer right, logic right, puzzle. Right. <laughs> right. The feedback System loop crash. that he could right. not escape. No. Tragic. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's happened to me before on heroin. <laughs> what kind of feedback loop does one experience on heroin? Oh, that- mate, that depends. I think it's incredibly personal. For me, the feedback loops that I get in is that um, I'm with my animals and I see that they're in a cage and then I, I look out and I realize that I am in a cage and then I look past that and then there's aliens and they're looking at me in a cage and then and then I look out and it's animals and they're looking at aliens in the cage. And then, and then it's me again, and I am looking at my animals in a cage who are looking at aliens who are looking at me who are looking at animals in a cage. Right. Now, Maggie, would we have permission to make a song from what you just said? Because I think that's a great tale, right? You know, there'd be good lyrics for oh, a song. I'd really be honored. I think that you guys are really incredible artists. So uh, we, I'd be totally honored. Lovely. Thank you. Now, uh, Maggie, I, I had mentioned earlier that you had brought some animals in before, but I, I'm starting to realize that actually it's just other types of wood. I see a birch uh, uh, branch over mm-hmm. here and, and a, a, a log from a maple tree right. uh, to right. go with the, the, the bamboo stick. Can you, can you describe uh, what some of these other pieces of wood are used for? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I brought a regular smorgasbord of different kinds of wood. I've got a redwood and some teak and some, uh, you know, cherry wood and oak and maple and uh, all sorts of great stuff here. And and I'll tell you, that was uh, in hopes of attracting some of my animals. They each like a certain kind of smell. Um, and I was hoping they would just come and uh, buy, but uh, it seems that nobody showed up. Um, a little offended, and I'll have to talk to them about that later. I put in a lot of effort to this, and it's just... Maybe they are at a party or something. Well, if they were they at a party and they about. didn't invite me, I would, you know, I would be, I don't know, I would kind of take that a little personally. So uh, maybe it's just a, a mutual friend that they all have together that you don't. Well, I can't imagine <laughs> who they would know that I wouldn't know and what time they would have to spend with that person that I wasn't around. It's like we're always hanging out at the Gardenardo and uh, it's just like, well, you know, where do they even meet this person? And it's like, are they cooler than me? Is it possible they went on Jimmy Kimmel without you? <laughs> <laughs> that is possible because oh. Jimmy and I have a long-standing uh, bad blood. Um oh. Wait, why is that? Goes way back to something he said about uh, my goldfish. He made this joke on TV, actually. He said, you know, oh, they have a memory of a goldfish. And I was watching it on TV and I said, 
so you, sir, have clearly never met a cold fish at all. <laughs> and um, and I, I took it maybe a little too personally uh, uh, be- because I have never actually met Jimmy in real life. But if I did, I would spit on his <laughs> shoes forever, having said that about uh, goldfish kind. They're, they're remarkable creatures. And- oh, I, I, I was under the impression that maybe you went on his show and you had some sort of dispute with him and had a personal feud with mm. Jimmy. I could see how you would think that, but uh, but no, um, it's it's a little one sided. But I I like to think that he knows what he did, and what he said, and um, and one day he'll get what's coming toward him. This does kind of speak to something, though. You've stated that PETA is uh, too active in terms of like how they actually are getting their message across. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> that that maybe people who are trying to protect animal rights and things like that would be better served by giving the silent treatment to people who are offending that notion. What do you find is the best way to preserve animal rights in our society uh, without actually, uh, you know, doing anything mate come to one of my charity events (laughs) okay uh hogs charity events notwithstanding uh first of all i i I stand behind those words i think PETA is just they're a little too uh extra i love their whole attitude but i think their actions they're just they go a little overboard um uh seems to be mostly about naked ladies uh human ladies what the heck is that about in their ads and uh, I say, let the cows do the talking. Um, uh, mostly just ignore people altogether um, and just start paying attention to animals is what I would say. I actually, if I can chime in here just a minute, I, um, I actually think that Chick-fil-A <laughs> billboards do more to right. help animals than I was than thinking the same exact boards. thing, I kid you not. <laughs> yeah. I lo- I laugh a lot at those billboards when we tour America. I just love them. I think they're so funny. I love seeing a cow on another cow saying right. "Eat more chicken" and right. it's misspelled. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: I did train those cows. What? So uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh wow! Yes. You trained the billboard cows. I did train the billboard cows. Um, it it's incredible. You, what you've done with them is incredibly. But the fact that they can hold that pose for that long. <laughs> On those billboards is is absolutely right. amazing. Yeah, they're incredibly strong creatures. Um, they do see it as a sort of a form of meditation. Uh, so <laughs> now, nerds, I have about three dozen chickens living in my flat in London. Oh, no. <laughs> Great. Three of them have caught the bird yeah. flu. Ah. What do I do with the rest of them? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would I would say goodbye <laughs> to about thirty percent. Um. Because bird oh, no. bird flu is a real killer. Right. Um, it's uh, it's real tough, and it's incredibly contagious. And thirty uh, percent of your chickens will pass away. How did they get bird flu? Did something bite them? It's usually not passed through a bite, but through a sneeze. Uh, so some probably get a bird flying by sneezed, and uh, little droplets uh, perhaps flew in that open window and uh, landed in or around the nostrils of one of your birds. And I'm sorry to say, but uh, there will be consequences. Oh, I'm going to have to say goodbye to so many. All right. Yeah, so many. But for the rest of them, you know, just good old rest. 
water, chicken soup, crackers, and Gatorade. Well, we'll do oh, it for them. Are you sure about the chicken soup? I, you know, seems. Oh, they love chicken soup. They, oh, you do feed oh, them chicken soup. Oh, they love it. Yeah. Oh. No, they love it. It's, they absolutely love it. Yeah, they go nuts for it. Uh, you'd think that that would be a, a you know taboo subject right. amongst them, but it's really a delicacy. Uh, Maggie, do you have any major animal events coming up? Is there anything that you're working on? Anything that you you know are excited about coming up? You know how they've been filming that uh, Little Mermaid for the past, like, 25 years, it seems? <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, I've been on that set for a while. Uh, they did not ask me, but I did attend. And thank God I was there because uh, the fish were just not having a great time on set. They felt like nobody was advocating for them. Um, so I went in and I kind of, you know, uh, schooled them. If you will, just a <laughs> little bit of thank you. Uh, Everybody got that one. Awesome. Thank uh it, Great. Fish are great with wordplay. So uh, uh, I, I've been waiting a long time to, to say that when someone who would appreciate it. <laughs> Maggie, I may I ask you about the movie? Uh, what are your feelings on Ariel, right? Are you a little conflicted because it's half human, half fish, I guess you would say. I she am is, right? a little conflicted. Flicked, it kind of feels like cultural appropriation right. of my friends, the fish, because right. um, we all know mermaids are not real. Right. I find it a little offensive, a little humanocentric. Well, is it possible that maybe Ariel was a human that got bitten by either... Maybe a whale, maybe got bit by a whale. That's right, that's right. Uh, I will say that it is not <sighs> impossible to answer your question, though I will say it is highly unlikely. Right. Which, which part? Uh, I am firmly in the <laughs> camp that mermaids do not exist at all, and therefore I do not hypothesize on their origins. I find the concept of mermaids uh, to be offensive on its face alone because it takes a perfectly good creature such as a fish and ruins it with a human lady. Right. What if instead it was just mostly a fish, but it had human fingers? Would that be acceptable? That'd be better. Be better, right. Yeah. That would be better. Maggie, we have a few pieces of fan mail that um, uh, that uh, we'd like to read and maybe get your opinion and feedback on. Um, Great. Uh, yeah, you will have to read them to me uh, aloud because, again, I do not read by choice. Of course. Oh, sure. From uh, Mark in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, he writes, uh, Dear Stone Cold Paradise, I went to see you live for your tour for uh, Tuxedo Luncheon in 1987. After that tour, as you'll recall, the penguins for the tour were released into the wild near Tucson, Arizona. Lately, they've been showing up in local swimming pools. What is the protocol when dealing with wild penguins in the desert? To be perfectly honest, um, I don't see the problem here. Yeah, I don't understand either, mate. What's the problem? You know, uh, penguins have a tough life. It's real cold, so they're on vacation. They're in, you know, it's where it's warm. I, I say just let them, let them have it. Right. You know, Hawk, maybe this would uh, be a good opportunity for you to, um, you know, introduce your charity, Polio for Penguins. Oh, yeah. We uh, help to help prevent polio amongst <laughs> the penguins. The title, uh, again, mistitled charity. <laughs> I find that if you mistitle it, 
people click on the link because they're like, yeah, what right. the fuck is this for? And then uh, it's how you trick them and then they come in and they all donate. Yeah. Uh, I can confirm that that works. I did that uh, earlier this week. I, I saw the link for uh, polio for penguins and I said, what? <laughs> uh, I said, how, how dare you? Right. Um, and I clicked on the link and then I felt ashamed. Uh, and so I gave a sizable chunk of money to the charity and uh, I respect it. Thank you so much for donating to the charity. Yeah, no, it, it's my pleasure and I'm, I'm happy to do so. Uh, Maggie, what did you think about the, the opening splash image on the webpage, which is just a penguin dressed as FDR? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bold choice, right? Uh, I, I thought the artistic rendition was beautiful. I really like the watercolor. Um, uh I think they uh, really captured the sort of, uh, you know, uh, hope in his eyes. Yeah, the reason we chose that was actually because uh, FTR's favorite animal was a penguin. And I, I did know that, but I'm <laughs> glad that there, there there's other fans out there. Uh, I thought that that was just a Mimi that I sent you. <laughs> no, that's a verifiable historical fact. Um, oh, dear. Well, I'll have a bit of fan mail. <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Hulk. All right. I don't know how this is going to make you uh -oh. feel, mate. Oh, no. Dear Stone Cold Paradise, I live next door to Alistair's flat and his birds have infected my area and my family. Oh, no. My kids are sick. My father is sick. I've killed your fucking oh, no. chickens. <gasps> Who signed that? Was that Mr. McGregor? <laughs> <laughs> You mean old Farmer um, McGregor? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. old, old Farmer it's McGregor. Signed, it is signed Old Farmer McGregor. He signs it Old Farmer <laughs> McGregor. That fucking bastard. I'm going to kill him. What a twat. Now, I have a follow-up question that I don't think we can answer, but he said in his letter, your chickens infected my area, right? What does he mean by that? <laughs> Yeah, he did. I think he's... Is he all right? I, have... I think he's chicken pox on his oh, genitals, no. mate. Unfortunate, right? yeah, old Farmer McGregor always... He's, first of all, he's always talking about his area and he's always referring it to right. it as his area. And he talks to me. He comes out in the morning, we get the paper, and he goes, Oi, Alistair, how's your area? Still ween? <laughs> He asked you How's, about your area? He's constantly telling me about my area. He's comparing oh, that's sizes. Not, that is not good neighbor no. conversation. <laughs> that's terrible neighbor conversation. I think he's a pedophile. Yes, is he now? Alistair's an adult man. <laughs> and if he's constantly asking people about their areas, he oh, might be a pedophile. The number of times Hawk has just randomly accused people of being pedophiles but based on circumstantial How many times have I been right? Every time. That's right. <laughs> I have a 100% track record. Yeah, you've got pedodar. <laughs> now, well, here's here's a question, uh, Nods. I know that sometimes dogs can identify like unsavory creatures. Have you noticed that any animals are particularly good at um, sussing out pedophiles? Uh, yeah, I have noticed that. Uh, usually, uh, humans are really good at sussing out <laughs> pedophiles. No other animal is as good as <laughs> as humans at doing that. They don't actually have a different smell. Or look, uh, so it does take that sort of frontal lobe sort of reasoning to figure that one out. But great question, and thank you for asking.
Maggie DiNardo was played by improviser, actress, and singer Mary Lou. You can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Lou Larry Moo and check out her Wheel of Time watch-along discussion show, Maidens of the Spear, on YouTube. Hawk Wellington is played by Allison Phillips. Alistair Ritchie is played by Ryan Coyle. Roger Powers is played by Zach Olson. And Barney St. Clair is played by me, Andrew Young. You can follow the podcast at Stone Cold Paradise Podcast on Instagram and at SCP Podcast on Twitter. Or check out the band's website, stonecoldparadise.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and want access to special behind-the-scenes photos, music, and other exclusives, please check us out at patreon.com backslash stonecoldparadise. 